You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Standick here for another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Coming to you guys Tuesday night, less than, well, what are we about? Uh, 20 hours or so from the Wizards season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers from Capital One Arena. Gonna have to make sure I get that one right. Cap One Arena, as some have told me to say. I'm not saying the vault until further notice. In any event, the Wizards will get to get it started there and post-game reaction here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast after the game. But before that, before the Wizards even take the court, so much has changed that we're going to have to get into it. What happened in Boston with Gordon Hayward's brutal ankle injury, how five minutes into six minutes into the season, so much has changed. We'll get into that in just a second. Also, I will play you guys sound from practice today, basically from our, uh, from, from the Wizards four time, um, four time all-star John Wall. Uh, Wall talked on a lot of topics, including whether he thinks the Wizards are getting their fair shake of the attention going into the season. Um, but look, it's, it, it's impossible to, start this podcast without talking about what happened tonight in Cleveland opening game of the NBA season pitted the two teams that reached the Eastern Conference Finals last year the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics the two teams that you know probably in the eyes of many are ahead of the Wizards but maybe not by a lot but whether a lot or little they're the two sort of front runners in the East the Wizards the Raptors maybe the Bucks maybe the Heat are behind them and part of what, of course, made it interesting, we, we know what Cleveland's deal is. You got LeBron James. And we know about the big trade that happened that sent Kyrie Irving from Cleveland to Boston. It gave Cleveland Jay Crowder and eventually will give them Isaiah Thomas when he returns from an injury. We get all that. But part of what made Boston, in the eyes of many, or some at least, I don't know about many, but in the eyes of some, a team that got better or a team that's going to certainly look a lot different is that the Celtics signed... Gordon Hayward to a free agent contract, reuniting the former Butler star with his former coach, Brad Stevens. And look, Gordon Hayward's a heck of a two-way player. He's a big-time scorer, can defend. You know, maybe he's not a true elite. He's not a top 10, 15 player, but he's close enough. And combined with Kyrie Irving, with Al Horford, with the young guys they have, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, there are a lot of reasons to like the Celtics this year, even though, as you guys have heard me say, I didn't particularly think that they got any better and arguably maybe even a touch worse because their defense would be so bad or not so bad, but worse than it was a year ago. None of that matters right this second because the shock of watching Gordon Hayward go up for an alley-oop dunk and come down with one of those horrific Joe Theismann-esque type injuries. I saw it happen live and was immediately shook. It's been a couple of hours, I guess, at this point since it happened. And I sit here talking to you guys, and I'm honest when I say I still feel queasy. I didn't go back and watch the replay. Didn't need to. 
don't need to see it again. We've all seen these things before. And it was just amazing to watch Gordon Hayward sitting there on the court while this happened. He, he seemed, I don't know, as calm as one could be in that spot. And you feel bad for him. You wish him the best. As I'm talking to you, all we've heard, I believe, is that it's, I think they said it was a dislocated or broken ankle. Um, either way, he's out for some time, whether it's truly season ending. I mean, it is day one of the season. So who knows how long he'll be out or if he can make it back before the playoffs or whatever happens. But for now, the one thing we can say for sure is a lot has changed in Eastern Conference even before the Wizards take the court. I talked to you guys the other day here and I've, I talked on Twitter the other day for those who may have seen a epic, uh, epic long rant between myself and a few other writers in town. You know, in light of this long gap in DC history where nobody's even making the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone winning a title, you know, there's this question of, oh, when's it ever going to happen? And, you know, why can't somebody win? And all these kinds of things. And people are acting like it's all doom and gloom in these parts. Um, and I'm sort of like of the opinion of, look, the Nats and the Caps in particular are very good teams, argue easily one of the favorites in their respective sports. For whatever the reason, the ultimate breaks didn't go their way. We can debate why in those cases. But, you know, when you look at the, with, with the Wizards, look, we all sort of get it. LeBron James is a big impediment to reach the NBA finals, but you never know. You've got to put yourself in the best position possible. I always use the point, Maybe LeBron finally one of these years actually gets hurt, not wishing it, just saying maybe he gets hurt and that opens the door for you. You have to just put yourself, if you're, if you're in the mix to contend, put yourself in the best position, do it on a regular basis and see if you get lucky that time. We know the Wizards have been on the wrong end of injury, uh, injuries many, many times over the years. That Gilbert Arenas era was arguably ruined by injuries among other things. Yes, of course, but the injuries were really the start of the downfall for that era with this recent team, John Wall and Bradley Beal have had their share. So you never know how it's going to go. But what we know right now is that the Boston Celtics suffered a brutal injury with Gordon Hayward going down and the wizards. Now, if you felt good about their chances earlier to reach Eastern conference finals, there's no reason you probably feel even a little bit better now, as sad as that is, in relation to the Hayward injury. Now, look, it's the opening day of the season, which makes it a little bit sort of weird to to all of a sudden just say, oh, the Wizards are going to make the finals now. Now, I'm predicting that. I'll I'll say that if you read, go to NBCWashington.com, you'll see part two of my uh, season preview. Uh, part one is there, of course, as well. Check that out, and I talk about my thoughts on in part two about Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, potentially a, a, a lineup change as well as predictions for the season. But yes, I think the Wizards have a very good chance to reach the Eastern Conference Finals even before the Hayward injury. But you never know. We'll see. There's a long season to go. We'll see what other injuries happen or what other what other things go haywire in this year. Plus, look, you know, Toronto is still there. Milwaukee could be a surprise team. Miami Heat made a big stride at the end of or the second half of last season. So we'll see. But all we know is that the Wizards are in position Right now, with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Marching Gortat, Markeith Morris, when he comes back in, a, two to, in you know, three to four weeks, they're in position to take advantage of a situation like this. And sometimes in sports, that's all you can ask. Can you have, do you have the pieces in place when things go wrong for somebody else? 
to forge ahead. The Wizards have those pieces. I'm sure this is not how they want their season, the, the battle to begin. They would rather take down a healthy Celtics team, especially after what happened in last year's playoffs, losing to Boston. It is what it is. I know, I know some people hate that term, but sometimes I don't think it's so bad. But it is what it is. The Celtics suffered a big injury. And by the way, props to the Celtics. It would have been easy for them to get worked the rest of the opening night um, after that emotional moment. But they, they hung in there with Cleveland. We came down to the buzzer. Kyrie Irving, uh, the rookie Jason Tatum, uh, um, and, and others, you know, Jalen Brown. Did some good stuff. We'll see. Brad Stevens, I've said before, he is a Jedi. He's now got a full year to figure out how to make this work to get Boston into the playoffs. I, I guess we could say, I, this is also fresh. I don't want to say, hey, Boston's definitely now out of the mix for a home court advantage, you know, a top four seed to have home court advantage. Look, Boston's still got a lot of talent. You still got Kyrie. You still got Al Horford. You got those two young guys I just mentioned. You have Marcus Smart, Aaron Baines. You know, look, they also have some assets. I don't really know what they can do from a salary cap perspective, but you know, we'll see. Danny Ainge is a Wheeler dealer, so I'm sure he'll, he's already trying to figure out what to do. Uh, does this make the Wizards path to getting a home court advantage or home court advantage in the first round easier? Sure. Does it make their path to getting the Eastern Conference Finals easier? Maybe. It's a tough way for the, it's a tough start for the Celtics, obviously. You never want to see a guy go down. But at the end of the day, the season forges on, and the Wizards are one of the few teams poised to take advantage of it. And now, starting Wednesday night against the Sixers, we will see if they can do just that. Uh, terrible way to start the season, but um, wow, what can you say? Um, all right, uh, John Wall, he spoke at practice today. I'm going to get you guys that audio in just a quick second, though. But first, let me, I haven't, haven't done this. In a couple of days here, let me drop in a word here from our friends with SeatGeek, the sponsor of this here podcast. Uh, I suspect, I don't know, I have not seen if the Wizards 76ers game is sold out for opening night or not. But one way you can check to see if it is, is by downloading the SeatGeek app and going on there to see what you can do. I guess you could also sell tickets as well, but you know. Sure, they don't, the Wizards prefer you didn't sell them to 76ers fans if you know such things. Either way, there's no, there's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team in person and SeatGeek will get you closer, closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever because it saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for the buck, SeatGeek, SeatGeek. Grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket. So here's how you got to do it. You got to download the SeatGeek app, step one. Step two, enter promo code L-O-N-B-A, as in locked on NBA. Do that today, and you will get... $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase when you use the promo code L-O-N-B-A. All right, uh, do that, and I will do this. I will get you guys right now some audio from John Wall. Got into a bunch of different topics with him today at Wizards practice. 
Um, some interesting stuff. Who he thinks has been, who he thinks now has improved the most on this team over the, um, over the course of, uh, or since I guess the end of last season talked about, uh, the, 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 where the wizards kind of fit in the East, the perception of the wizards, the perception of him and a whole bunch of other topics. John Wall always willing to talk, doesn't shy away from questions. And you get to hear that right now here on the locked on wizards podcast. Here is all-star point guard, John Wall. Are you one for bulletin board material that some of the sports networks are putting out pictures of LeBron and Khabib and putting LeVar, you know, the balls on there? Do you sort of use that as sort of like you want to get back at everyone else for them sort of writing this team? Are you off? They're always going to have their perception of you no matter what. So I just use it as more motivation. I mean, that's the hype he's getting, so if you can put that pressure on somebody to hope they can live up to it. What do you think the league's perception is of you? You know, you've been in the league eight years, and you said all- still a guy that's looked under the radar. So I use that as more motivation every year to keep proving people wrong. John, as the leader of this team, um, how are you t- using any extra motivation or talking to Kelly about you know because this could be a really big breakout year for him? Are you like you know talking to him in his ear uh, about what you expect of him as a leader of the team? Uh, he know what he expect. I, I think last year he kind of understood that when we told him he was the X factor to our team going to the playoffs. He was. A, X factor. He was going to play well and go far. It was going to be how well Kelly played, and um, I think he did that. But this year he's came back in. You can tell he worked on his game a lot this summer. Um, able to make plays off the dribble. Him defensively, he's more locked in to understand like the, the little tricks and trades to be able to guard in certain situations. But he had a great training camp. He's had a great preseason. Hopefully he can translate that to the regular season. But uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year. John, on the perception front, it seems like every time I look up, there's another new interviewer with you by some sort of national outlet, and I've seen a lot of people pick this team to finish second in the East. Do so you actually think that you guys are not being perceived to, to be a contender? you feel like you're not getting the credit that you deserve? What, our team to finish second in the East? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we can, I mean, people are going to say we can finish top five, number one, number two, or not. Any day, we, when we step between those lines and how we prepare, every day we go down there on that, on that practice court. It's all going to determine how, how well we play as a team. I mean, how we get off to a great start. One of those teams that in the past haven't got off to a great start, but the middle of the year, any year we, we finish well, uh, we have to find a way to change that. And if you want to be a 51 team and a team that get opportunity to fight to get to the finals, you have to be one of those teams that get off to a great start and protect home court. And if we could do that, everything could be fine. But for you, there's been times in the past where you've looked at a list and said, hey, I don't think I'm going to end up on this list. But it seems like to, nowadays you're getting – a lot more attention just for you, even if you feel like you're getting that attention that you deserve? Well, I think it's 50-50 still. I think it's 50-50, but I still have a lot more to prove. So I don't want to get all that and have all the pressure on me. I'm fine with it. I dealt with pressure my whole life. But uh, I don't want it all to turn into where it's the John Wall show. Uh, it's the Washington Wizards. I mean, without me and my teammates, I wouldn't be the player I am. So with all the accolades I do get or don't get, it's motivation for me to even play better and give my team a better chance to win. What have you made of Markel Fultz from what you've been able to see so far? I really haven't seen too much. He hasn't been playing as much. I guess he has his shoulder injury. So I've seen him play a little bit, but it wasn't his best game, but it was only one game. Sorry if this was asked, but last year you guys lost two or three to Philly, including the two games up there. What do you kind of recall as being the primary reason that you guys weren't able to uh, get those wins up there? Um, I think one game I was my first back-to-back. I only didn't play as much, and then the second time. We just was a team that, like, you know, you underestimate the team, and they go out there and slap you in the face. And that's what happened. Do you remember when you were uh, 
a rookie and maybe had to go up against one of the better point guards in the NBA. Obviously, you know, Fultz, this is a pretty tough assignment for him. It's his first game, national TV, and he's got to go up against you. Um, yeah. I remember in a five-game span, I played like Rondo, Derrick Rose here. Then I went on West and played Steve Nash, Chris Paul, and Russell. So I don't think he got no harder back then in 2010 playing those five guys. So um, you kind of understand what those guys are about. Get to see it firsthand and playing against them. At the same time, I'm a competitive person, so I'm not going to back down from any challenge. You mentioned this your eighth year in the league. You know, you don't have those pregame jitters anymore. You're kind of better around the block. But what have you been doing to still, you know, add to your game and keep getting better and better? What is kind of something you focused on this offseason? To what wrinkle have you had and whatnot? Um, conditioning for one, being in the best shape possible. I'm shooting spot up threes. I'm shooting threes in transition. Uh, shooting floaters and definitely my post-up game. Player on this team, you're expecting to see the biggest uh, jump from this year? Um, Otto, I think really, really Otto. Otto, Otto Kelly, one of those two guys. Otto came in and really worked on his game, ball handling all that, picking rolls. Kelly's have improved in so many ways, so I think those two guys will really have a big breakout year. Speaking of shooting threes, um, how in tune to you are like with advanced analytics and all the different metrics that are coming out? Like, did you spend some time going over any particular stats this summer, or you just don't even look at that stuff at all? Well, our coaches do. Our coaches talk to us about it, tell us where we shoot a three at and what position is our best, if it's the corner or it's the slot. So I pay attention if those guys bring it up to me, but other, I'm not really paying attention. I mean, but you're aware that you know, you're the leader and getting guys open for corner threes. And, you know, oh, yeah, I see the tweets. Yeah, I see the tweets. Yeah, so I see it. I'm like, if, if one like y'all posted or something, one of our coaches talked to us about it. Yeah, I definitely see it, but it's like, I don't really like go out looking for it. But I, if I pass it by, I'd be like, okay, well. But I know, kind of know where my teammates get their shots at and where they shoot the ball best at. Right. How much more comfortable is it for you guys that this isn't the first season with Coach Brooks starting? Oh, it's so much easier. Man, training camp was a breeze for us because we already knew what he wanted. We kind of knew what we wanted as a team. We kind of run the same plays. And with us bringing our starting five back, we know. Where guys want the shots at, where they want the ball at. Um, adding Jason or Mike Scott, whoever it is at the time in that spot, they'll be able to find these spots and niches, so we'll be fine. On the assumption you're going to watch summer all the game tonight. Every bit of it. <laughs> you more excited to see what the Celtics look like with Kyrie or what the Cavs look like without Kyrie? Uh, just, it's going to be different because the Cavs without Kyrie, you don't have Isaiah in the mix. I mean, but you still have Dead Rose that showed glimpses of his old stuff at times, so. You probably won't get to see what the real Cavs is until Isaiah's back, but uh, you definitely get to see what the Celtics are going to be. Um, I think it's going to be good for both teams. Uh, they both was in the East Coast Finals last year. They both made trades to make their team different. And why not the first game and see what happens? Thanks, John. All right, there you have it. Wizards point guard John Wall, part of what he had to say today at uh, practice. Um yeah, I don't know why. It's sort of, you know, as, as you kind of heard me asking him about it there, it's just funny to me. For years, John, John's been one of those guys who, you know, he makes, a, he, he lets it know when he thinks he's being, uh, shortchanged in these season rankings. And that, I don't know, it was that earlier question from somebody about, um, you know, is he taking, does he think that the Wizards are being overlooked? I'm like, uh, really? I don't feel like, I feel like this is, I think we're at a point where the Wizards can't be claiming to overlook. He didn't say that they were, that they were necessarily. It was just sort of like stuck me like, hey, I wanted to phrase a question the way I wanted to phrase it because I, I don't see how it, you know, look, the, the, there's always slights, you know, Michael Jordan, the, you know, best player arguably of all time was, was, was finding slights against Bradford Smith supposedly. So, you know, the Wizards can certainly, uh, find something if they want and that's part of 
what 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 uh, what sports or competition is all about. But just the general idea that the Wizards potentially are being overlooked. I mean, like you know, I've seen John Wall now give a million interviews over the last week, you know, a few weeks with national outlets. Uh, he's getting plenty of attention, deservedly so, especially after last season, four-time All Star and so on. Uh, but anyway, so it's just interesting, just a you know, sort of a perception shift here for the Wizards. I, I think, you know, I don't think they're being overlooked at all. And this is, of course, we talked to him before the Gordon Hayward situation happened. So, uh, that, so there's that. Uh, by the way, uh, I should mention Scott Brooks was asked who will be the starting power forward. Uh, Wednesday night, he declined. He mentioned Jason Smith. He mentioned, he then mentioned Mike Scott. He also mentioned Otto Porter. Presumably, if it's Otto Porter, that would mean Kelly Oubre is starting. I don't think it's that. I'm going to assume again that it is Jason Smith. Probably no reason to think otherwise based on what we saw in preseason. Smith was a big time three point, uh, shooter for the Wizards. You know, defensively there were some issues, but he, um, you know, he, he, he made the shots. He gives them good energy. Um, you know, he can help on the boards, but, uh, you know, there, there's drawbacks with any, with everything. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they can handle defense, how the Wizards handle him defensively. They already had some issues last year, obviously. Anyway, so, uh, all right, so there you have it. Crazy night in the NBA. Best of luck again to Gordon Hayward. The league rolls on. 82 games for the Wizards still to play. And, uh, you know, whatever expectations for them were pretty high already. They've just gone next level because of the fact that the Celtics may be without that guy who is, you know, no less than their second best, uh, player. At, at least maybe for the whole season and, 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 and possibly the postseason as well. Um, all right, here we go. Wednesday night, Wizards, 76ers. Oh, I should say, uh, many thanks to everybody who participated in the first annual Locked On Wizards. Fantasy Basketball League, uh, our pal Scott Jackson with ESPN, ESPN 980, Adam Rubin and Rashad Mosley, or Rashad Mobley, Mosley, Mobley from Truth About It, and a bunch of other folks, including, uh, let's see here, uh, on Twitter, at JWall2s, at T underscore Plunkett1, uh, were a couple of the guys on board, who else here, I think Mr. Michael Gerber, Crap, I'm hoping I got the first name right. I'm doing that one off memory. Uh, off uh, on Twitter at Capish uh, Capish Manica 24 and a few other guys. I apologize, I don't have the list in front of me because I am a bad, bad uh, disorganized podcast host. But a lot of fun. Um, I did not get any wizards. Somebody snagged Bradley Beal right before I did. I had the fifth pick. I debated taking John Wall, but Kevin Durant slipped to me, and, you know, got to do what you got to do. I did get Kevin Durant, got uh, Jimmy Butler when I didn't get Beal, got Joel Embiid with the third pick. So, you know, maybe a little part of me won't mind if Joel Embiid has a good game against the, against the Wizards. He is only expected to play back 16 minutes, though, according to reports out of Philadelphia. So we may not see a ton of the process in the game, but whatever we see will be fascinating to watch if you missed it, I did do a little bit of a preview in Tuesday's podcast, so you can check that out uh, as well. All right, let's end it there. Thank you guys as always. We get to get it started Wednesday night. Should be a lot of fun out at Cap One Arena. And uh, if you guys are there, uh, you know, say hi. If you see uh, if you see us or me and Todd and uh, anywhere over at the uh, where the reporters hang out, but otherwise. 
We'll be back for another podcast tomorrow. So until then, see ya. Neal gets open for three. Dagger! Oh, Dagger! Oh,